Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. This kid is weirder and weirder every day. I, I feel like I don't even know you. <laughs> what she just said is the smell of clean laundry hurts her stomach. What? No, I can smell it once, but if I smell it too many times, it hurts my stomach. Well, okay. I'm, like my not, my, like my, I have a headache. I, I'm, I'm going to share something with our listeners. I have a headache from that. I love the smell of certain things bleached like fresh bleached clothes yeah okay yeah oh god it's making my mouth water okay like freshly bleached new car yeah well that's everybody likes that but freshly bleached like white freshly bleached white clothes the smell or towels oh my god it makes my mouth water clean clean clothes oh my gosh and peyton just said it like foam like so oh my god like the smell of brand new foam especially is making my mouth water like like your barbie mattress foam like if you go to a foam store and you have them cut you foam i could just like you oh my so god weird. It, i you know what it must have been something for my childhood but i literally like i want to chew on it or something i don't know Ew. maybe i'm deficient in some type of vitamin but it smells so good oh my what god too much to even talk about but i'm telling you now i want to go smell foam now you're giving me a headache from smell like soft foam food. foam that you like you can like you know make a you're crappy mattress a with Come okay on. whatever anyways all right chapter nine city of no, ghosts oh yes uh yes i'm i'm reading yes i'm yes i'm yes i'm what is yes i'm it's like what they used to say in the olden days when like people had slaves and they would say like can you please do the dishes and they'd say yes i'm because it was like yes ma'am okay chapter nine i hear the scrape of handlebars and i feel the rush of cold water in my lungs and then i'm on the other side tourists are gone and the graveyard stretches grim and empty this has never happened before sure i've been places where the veil felt strong but i've never strong enough to reach out and grab me never strong enough to pull me through I look down and see the coil of bluish light glowing through my chest. A tendril of, of fog circles my knees, and it feels wrong. Being here without Jacob, and I turn already, looking back the way. But my feet are rooted and feel damp in the ground. Grass rustles, and my pulse spikes. But it's just a terrier tr- trotting between tombstones. Greyfriars Bobby, the dog who lie in his, own, in his owner's grave. Oh, it's the dog ghost. I catch more movement up at the top of the slope. There's a man there. There, a man paces outside of a crypt, smoking a pipe and murmuring to no one. Shadow shadows wick around his edges, smudging the air black. The poltergeist, I think, remembering mom's excitement. But he doesn't stray from his crypt. And I'm starting to think that this place isn't so bad when someone screams. I spin and the veil ripples around me as more figures take shape in the fog. A man being hauled towards a platform where nooses hang, hangs and waiting. 
but turn, I turn away, only to find a procession of people making its way through the front gates. I shouldn't be here. I need to go. I need to pull myself back out of the veil, and I'm about to when I see a woman watching me. The first thing I notice is the color of her cloak. Red so bright, it's like a tear of the gray fab. It's like a tear in the gray fabric of the veil. She moves through the graveyard, wisps of black hair curling around her, f- curling like fingers around her hood. Her skin, where it shows, is milk white. Her lips crimson. I want to take a photo, but my hands hang useless by my side. Somewhere beyond the veil, church bells ring. Somewhere beyond the veil, someone calls my name, but the voice is far away and fading, and I can't take my eyes from the woman in red. I hope she takes a picture. Oh my gosh. She's staring straight at me, not past me the way other ghosts do, but at me. It's like a finger down my spine. Her dark eyes travel over my front, landing and landing on the curl of the light inside my chest. The look that crosses her face is hungry. Cassidy calls the voice again, but it falls away as the woman in red begins to hum. Her voice cuts through the graveyard, low and smooth and sweet. It's like someone plucked a string behind the rib. The melody ripples through my bones and my muscle and my head. I'm getting dizzy in that lung-aching way, like I've been underwater for too long, like I need to come up for air. The woman's arm drifts up, and the next thing I know, I'm moving towards her, making my way between the tombstone towards her outstretched fingers, and Cassidy! Jacob cuts my path. He takes my arm and pulls me back through the veil. I fall through an instant ice-cold air before landing my butt on the grass. What was that for, I asked. I kept calling you, he said, but you didn't answer me. He shakes his head. You really shouldn't cross the veil without me. I didn't mean to, I said. It kind of sucked me in. His face is a mix of confusion and concern. I look past him, but of course the woman in the red cloak is gone. You raced along with the, the rest of the veil. The graveyard around us is full of chattering tourists and the sound of church bells and the kirk chimes at the hour. I get to my feet, brushing grass off my jeans. Where have you been? Jacob ducks his head. Sorry, I guess I got a little lost. I think back to the mirror, the blank expression that followed him out of the bedroom. Jacob shudders as if not wanting to remember, so I try and forget. Did you see her, I asked? Who? My eyes drift back to the place where she stood, a woman in a red cloak. There you are, Mom calls, heading towards me. I've been looking everywhere. She squints at the sky. I think you might be right about the rain. Ready to go? You have no idea, I say, right before the first drop begins to fall. By the time we get back to the lane's end, Jacob is on, the only dry, the only one still dry. We had an umbrella, but now it hangs from Mom's hands, mangled a mangled mess, thin middled arms snapped and broken from the first strong gust of wind. Mom doesn't seem the least bit phased, but water drips into my eyes and sloshes in my shoes as we mount the front steps. My jacket is wrapped tightly over my camera. Mom heads off to talk to Mrs. Weathershed, but Jacob and I continue the broad wooden stairs. All I want is a hot shower and some dry clothes. The image of the beach house comes to mind, sudden and taunting. What was she like? asked Jacob. The woman in red. I shake my head, trying not to remember. But the pieces in my mind don't add up to what I saw, what I felt. I don't know, I said softly. She wasn't like the other ghosts. She was too bright, too real, too... She didn't blend in. And when she saw me, she saw me, like really saw me. 
Who are you talking to? The question comes from out of nowhere. That is, until I climb the last few steps and see the girl from earlier, sitting, she's sitting primly at the window in the seat of the second landing floor, a book open in her lap and her dark braid draped over her shoulder. Well, she presses, her accent is proper, so crisp that I can't tell if she's actually a year or two older than me or just really British. Who were you talking to just now? Myself, I said, trying to cheat the glan- trying not to cheat a glance at at Jacob. Don't you ever talk to yourself? She purses her lips. I don't make a habit of it, she says, her gaze dropping back to her book. Come on, Cass, whispers Jake. But that deja vu sense is back, like the tap, tap, tap on the veil is the only thing. This, only this is a tug to pull me closer. Are you staying here long? Asks the girl. Who knows, she said, without looking up. Okay, so not the chattiest. Well, I should... I should go change. I gesture at my clothes. My pants are soaked. A small sound escapes the girl's mouth, something between a snort and a scoff. You mean trousers? I look at her blank me, blankly. Pants are what you wear underneath. Jacob cracks up at that. It's crazy, but I swear the girl flicks a gaze, gaze flicks towards him just for a second. It's so fast I didn't. Wait, I, pants are underwear? Yeah, they, they call things different. And he, he laughed, and she went like this. The girl went like this, looked at him. Who? The girl that's sitting on the stairs. Like, it almost was like... Who did she look at? Who did she look at? Jake, the ghost that nobody can see but Cass. What? Here, I'll read that again. Jacob cracks up at that, and it's crazy, but I swear the girl's gaze flicks towards him just for a second. It's so fast that I almost didn't notice. So fast that I can't be sure, but Jacob goes quiet and he moves to stand he moves to stand behind me. Biscuits, flats, lifts, trousers, I say. I thought American people and British people spoke the same language. Hardly, she says. She closes the book and gives me a sweeping look. What brings you to Scotland? Ghosts. Her eyes narrow. What do you mean? My parents, I explain. They're filming a show about ghosts around the world. This is our first stop. Tension bleeds out of her face. Ah, I see. Yeah, I said. Apparently, Scotland is, like, really haunted. Apparently, she rises to her feet. That's when I notice the necklace. It's a pendant on a long silver chain. As a girl straightens the pendant, the pendant spins. I realize that it's not a pendant at all, but a small round mirror. It tickles something in the back of my head, but I don't know what. She's already tucking it below, beneath her collar. I'm Cassidy Blake, she said, thrusting a hand out. She eyes me for a moment before taking it. Lord Jane Chow Chowdhury. Chowherdry? Chowdhury? Okay. <laughs> she starts past me down the stairs, and it's crazy, but I can feel her walking away as if there's a rope spooling out between us. And maybe she can feel it too because she glances back and considers me a moment forehead wrinkling and thought do you believe in ghosts cassidy i don't know how to answer that i mean you're supposed to say no but it's kind of hard to do that when jacob's standing right there arms crossed behind me in the end i guess my silence speaks for itself because lara's mouth quickly crooks into something like a smile i'll take that as a yes she says vanishing down the stairs before i can ask what she believes jacob waits until she's gone to speak I've got a weird feeling about that girl, he says. Yeah, I said, that makes two of us. Do you think the girl's a ghost? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I think she's a ghost.
Or maybe she's just like a medium or psychic as well. What are you doing? What are you, building a house over there? No, I was moving my water. <laughs>